Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon. I was a teacher for eight years. I was a maths lead and RE lead, but the absolute highlight of my career for me was getting to work as a student teacher mentor and working with trainee teachers to help them begin their career on the right foot. And hello, my name is Ashley. I am also a former primary school teacher working predominantly in Key Stage 2 in Year 4 and Year 5. And I love just helping trainees and ECTs go into that classroom feeling confident. Today's episode is all about parents' evenings. We'll be telling you what to expect as a trainee teacher and as an ECT, and we'll be sharing our best tips to help you have a positive experience with your parents' evenings. And just before we begin, we just want to let you know about our social media accounts. If you have any questions on this podcast episode or any of our previous ones, or you've got a suggestion for a future podcast episode, you can reach us at any of these accounts. So on Facebook, we are at Twinkle Trainee Teachers or our Twinkles ECTs and NQTs page. We also have two Facebook community groups that you can interact with other trainees and ECTs alike. And they are Twinkle Trainee Teachers Group and the Twinkle ECT and NQT Support Group. We are also on Instagram at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. We are on TikTok at Twinkle Trainee Teachers. And we are on Twitter at Trainee Twinkle. And this podcast goes out onto all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music. Fantastic. Thank you, Ashley. Oh, and I'd just like to encourage our listeners, if you are listening to us on one of those platforms, please do subscribe to our channel or give us a follow. It really does help us grow the podcast. Right. So it's the time of year where we need to think about parents' evenings. Some people may already be having them. Some people may have them after half term. But we thought we'd we'd do this podcast to help you feel a bit more prepared and confident for parents evenings yes it's normally a time that strikes fear into ects or trainee teachers alike Um, and we just want to settle those nerves with giving you a bit of a general overview of what you're going to be expecting and our top tips for how you can survive it so ashley i'm looking at our notes and you've actually got a brilliant bit on why we even have parents evenings what is the purpose of them so shall we kick off with that yeah, definitely. And I think it's really, it's always important to have that why you're doing this in the back of your head, as they are long occasions, they are usually after school, you are tired, and you might just want to go straight to bed. And the thought of doing a parents evening, it just might not be what you want to do. And I think once we have that why in our head, we can go forward, and we can we can try and make the most out of it. Um So there's lots of reasons why we have parents' evening. And the first one, especially for this parents' evening in the autumn term, is to to discuss how the child has settled into your class. Now, I would do a caveat with this and say that parents' evening shouldn't really be the first time that you're interacting with parents, especially if you've got any concerns over a child. You should be in contact with parents and raise any issues that you might be having to have that open dialect and communication. But... If you haven't managed to to speak to a parent, this is a great way to discuss if they're settling in nicely and also get the parent's opinion on that as well as the child might be coming home and saying different things to them than they are to you at school. So I would say that 
parents are most likely, especially in the autumn term, to be interested in how their child is doing socially Mm -hmm. in your class, especially if you have a a younger child. Um, The main question I got, and this was working in year one, two and year three, four, was how are they fitting in? Do they have friends? Are they happy in class? So that's a really good place to start. Definitely. And I think also um, what seems to be cropping up a lot more is parents are asking how their child is interacting with other children as well. They're asking, are they kind? Do they share? Are they empathetic with their friends? You know, do they look after their friends if they've hurt themselves, especially in the lower years? Parents are wanting to know that about their child as it's their first sort of experience with them being at the school. They want to know that their child is, is being kind and helpful. The purpose really for you as a teacher of this meeting, and at my school it was only a 10-minute meeting Mm -hmm. because we had a lot to get through, so you had to get quite a lot into 10 minutes, is really to reassure parents, to give them good news, and if there are any issues that need to be dealt with, for you to deal with them tactfully and honestly and have a plan in place so you can work collaboratively with the parents. Yes, definitely. And, and putting those actions into place and making sure that you're monitoring them is just really important. And parents evening is just a great way, I mentioned it before, of getting the insights from those parents because there might be information and little things that you you don't know about because the, the child might not be bringing them up to you, but they might be discussing them at home. And that's just a great way for you to understand the whole child and to have that collaborative approach with the parents. Oh, yeah. And quite often I found that children were completely different at home than they were at school. And the parents were just as surprised as I was to hear about the differences, which was very nice, actually. It's nice to get a complete picture of the child. Definitely. Um, And that goes. Oh, sorry. No, go on. No, go on. And I was just going to say that definitely goes both ways. I had some children that I would rave about to their parents and they would be like, oh, well, then why don't you do this at home? You don't do this with me. And then the other other end of the spectrum where I was raising some behavioural concerns and again the parents were like oh they don't do that at home so it is great to understand where that comes from because that can come from a place of anxiety or stress they might not feel comfortable at at school Um, so it's it's a good way to have those all out in the open and you can discuss them openly with the parents. Now, uh, just before we move on, I'd like to say that obviously experiences will be different for trainee teachers and ECTs. If you're a trainee teacher at this point in your uh, training year, I wouldn't really expect you to be talking to parents at a parents' evening. You might get invited to come and watch, Mm -hmm. but that's it really. I wouldn't expect a trainee to be asked to speak to parents this early on, and nor should you be volunteering your opinions without being asked uh i think it's good to go but you Mm -hmm. don't have to stay for the whole evening that would be going above and beyond in my opinion yes definitely and also if you are going to a parents union it is fantastic evidence for your evidence folders so make sure that you are documenting when the parents evening was um, and what you were doing there. Maybe you got the data up, maybe you had discussions with the teacher beforehand um, about certain um, students that you were going to sit in with um, and also just prepared um, to introduce yourself to the parents and different things like that. They might have seen you around, um, but you still just want to be polite and open because obviously you are discussing their child and they're going to want to know who you are and and what you're doing there, basically. And with some schools, you may get a chance to feed back to parents later in the year, 
maybe on your second placement. And for ECTs, this is your your first big opportunity to do things your way, to talk to the parents and give the kind of feedback you want to give. Are you going to be very positive with it? Are you going to be a bit more straightforward? It's really up to you, which is a nice thing, but can be a bit nerve wracking. It definitely can. And I would be checking with your school on what happens with additional adults in your classroom maybe your ta will sit in on a few with you uh, maybe you have some once one-to-one support adults in your room they might come into the um the slot with their specific child so even though it is your first one as an ect you should still have support and again always just speak to slt they should be around and making themselves visible to help you if if you need now we're going to get into the general structure of a parents evening meeting but just before then I would like to say the thing that I always got told as a teacher was you must stick to time Mm -hmm. because some parents will talk and talk and talk and you have to find a polite way to end the meeting I was very lucky my TA would stay with me for parents evenings and she kind of had the job of saying something like oh mr care look at the time when and I go, oh, yeah. oh dear i'm sorry i'm sorry we'll have to finish the meeting but if you want to talk further about this you can contact me this way is a yeah. nice way of doing it definitely and schools do it in different ways in one of the schools i worked at parents evening was all in the hall and every teacher just had a table that they set up with and there was a big buzzer alarm on the whiteboard and it would go off when it was 10 minutes and all the parents had to leave. My other school that I worked in, I was in my classroom and SLT would wander around and other adults making sure that people were on time and, and sticking to the schedule. Um, but it can be difficult, but it is a case of, like Simeon said, just those gentle reminders that you've only got 10 minutes, but you can reach reach you at another time if they need. I like the buzzer idea, actually. I wish we'd done, <laughs> wish we'd it done that. It was good, but it was very dramatic. It, it was great. <laughs> okay, so Ashley, do you want to walk us through kind of the general structure of a parents' evening Of course, meeting? yeah. So the first thing that I would always say that you want to open with is just a general summary of the child. So that's what we were discussing before, how they are doing socially. Do they have lots of friends? Are they a popular member of the class? Are they quite quiet instead? Um, But are they quite thoughtful with their responses? Just give a general summary of how you see that child in your classroom. Then you want to be looking at discussing their strengths the progress that they've made and any areas of development. Now, we're going to go into top tips for how you can say that in a positive way, because I know that um, talking to a parent about an area um, that their child needs to improve on might be a difficult conversation to have. So we're going to go through that with you later. Um, But you're wanting to just generally talk a little bit more on the academic side and data driven side. Um, and be open to any questions that the parents might have um, or any opinions that they have, especially on the areas of development, as they might think that you should be concentrating on something else or they might see that as a strength. So there might just be a little bit um, of of a conversation to be had over that. Next, you want to be talking about the actions that you're going to be putting in place moving forward. So this is normally the areas of development. What are you going to be doing about that? So are you going to be putting some interventions in place if you think that's necessary? You might just be talking about how you're going to be covering those subjects later on in the year and that you'll discuss um, that with parents at a later date. 
or you might be wanting and asking the parent to do maybe some extra reading at home or something like that once you've made the action and that's been agreed with the parent make sure that you make a note of that and you can monitor that later on down the line and then towards the end of the meeting you want to be leaving some time for anything else that the parent might want to discuss so they might want to look through the children's books for example and just to have a look and spend a couple of minutes but check with your school about that because i know that a school that i worked at all of the books were left in the hall and then before the meeting that they would come in and see me they would have spent five minutes looking through the books they would bring them with them because again, like we were saying about time, you don't want to be spending five, six minutes of the meeting of them flipping through the books and seeing the beautiful work that the children have done, if that means that you're not going to have the time to discuss it. But you want to leave a little bit of time at the moment, at the end, just for questions that the parents might have, as Simeon said, some of them talk and talk and talk. So make sure that you try and keep them nice and concise. Right, so we'll get on to some tips. Um, my first one is my opening line. And this, this saved me so much trouble in my career. I can't remember who told me to do this, but it's brilliant. Uh, I'd get the parents in the classroom. We'd have, you know, nice greeting, sit down. Mm -hmm. And then I would ask them, so how do you feel everything's going so far this term? Mm -hmm. And that's a really nice way of just feeling out how they are and what concerns they have. And 90% of the time they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I think it's all right. Is there anything I need to know? And then you can put their their mind to rest so yeah that's my big tip why it's so effective i think is because it enabled me to cut off any nasty surprises before yeah. they happened yes definitely and and just face any sort of issues that might be arising head on and dealing with them because obviously if the parent is really wanting to get it off their chest then you know it's going to be a big issue for them or something that they're really wanting you to help them with um so it's sort of the, the most important first for yeah. me my biggest tip is to organize your whole day wisely. Now, parents' evening can differ from schools to schools. Some schools decide just to do it all in one night and get it done, and their nights are really quite long. Other schools decide to do it over a couple of days, and you might have some slightly longer days, um, but it's not as long as that really big, just full-on day. But anyway, regardless of how your school does it, parents' evening can take it out of you, and it is a long day. So I always try to organise my lessons and my planning to be as minimal marking as possible, because you don't want to be taking marking home after a parents' evening and you don't want to be coming in first thing in the morning to get your marking done. So try and either get some peer marking or some self-marking or some practical work on whiteboards that you could take photos of. Try and make your day as easy as possible. And also, I would be making sure I'm thinking about what I'm going to be eating and things like that at the after a parent's evening. I always put something in like either the slow cooker in the morning, so I got home and I had a lovely meal when I got home. Maybe you ask your partner if they can cook that um, that night or maybe you pick something up on the way home. But just try and make your nights as easy as possible after a parent's evening because you're gonna need that rest and relaxation those are really good tips actually i especially like the marking one i, mm. I always had a cheeky mcdonald's after a parent's evening yeah. <laughs> That's my treat. yeah okay my next one um, other food places are available <laughs> other food places are yeah no no sponsors on this show um 
So my next tip, I think, is more applicable to ECTs. But you want to be now you've got a whole class of children. Now you've got maybe 30 children. You want to be thinking about parents evening a few weeks ahead of time for the actual assessment data, you should have all that anyway in your mark mm-hmm. book. But if you're thinking more about socialising, do they have friends, any areas of development, I would just be jotting down notes for every child in my class a few weeks before parents' evening. And then I could see if there are any children where I didn't have anything to say. And then yes. I could spend a bit of time with them working out if there wasn't a thing that needed working on or if they're just a nice, quiet child and everything was fine. Yeah, definitely. And I think going hand in hand with that, it is just being organised as well on the day. There are lots of templates and different things on the Twinkle website for um, performers. If you want to fill in a sheet per child to talk about what you're going to mention in the parents evening, or you can just have a notepad and you can write things down um, like that. Or you might have your um, a Word document open on a laptop if you prefer to work that way. But get all your information organised and in order. So if you know that the order of what the parents coming in make sure that you just know what child's next what you're talking about and you can quickly flip through your notes and again be organized with having pens and paper ready to write down notes if you're going to be looking at actions and agreeing with parents and different things like that you need to have those readily available and also making sure that you have snacks and water close by to you that you can quickly just you know grab a cereal bar or something in between and parents evening have a quick drink of water or maybe a cup of tea if you're lucky but just making sure that you try and make it as comfortable as you can for yourself and because you don't want to be spending lots of time trying to get um food and drink um if you if you if you're in between meetings so my next tip is for dealing with issues Mm -hmm. so let's let's say there's an issue a child in your class is having a lot of trouble with their writing and mm-hmm. maybe they're having more trouble than the parents will have realised. Maybe last year the teacher said everything was basically okay and now they're not making progress and you're thinking, oh no, actually this is this is a problem. Yep. If you just tell a parent that and let it hang in the air, that's not the best way of handling it. No. What you need is, okay, we've identified an issue, it's this, here's what we're going to be doing about it. So instantly they're reassured. Instantly they know you're on it, you have a plan. And then probably the follow-up question from them will be, is there anything we can do? And if you are there with something you can they can do that's even better well yes actually we printed off these sheets we'd like you to try and do them at home if you wouldn't mind i mean i can't promise parents will offer but in my experience a lot of parents do mm-hmm. and you've always got to keep it in the back of your mind unless that parent has an older sibling they won't really know academically where their child should be for every age so they might not know if their is a child is developmentally behind or above or where they should be so they're looking at you to tell them that and they're going to be more than willing hopefully to help their child get to where they need to be once they know where that is where, where that's meant to be and if you are telling someone their child is a bit behind on something, it can be useful to have examples of what you might expect at this age range. So, for example, if it was mass, you might show them, well, the, these are the kind of equations we might be expecting to be working on, but we're 
we're here at the moment. Just that kind of thing. I wouldn't be showing them other children's work, but just some mm. just some standard examples. Yeah, and and going alongside that, when I was talking about um, discussing any issues or things like that, I always like to sandwich in my positivity. So I always do positive aspect something to improve and then finish with a positive aspect so say for example Simeon was talking about the writing you might want to start off and talk about how they've improved on their pencil grip or they might have improved on their enthusiasm for writing they might be um, really trying to think of different language and vocabulary to use that's fantastic you might then have say an issue with spelling and um, so you might talk about what the issue is, interventions you're going to put in place or extra practice they can be doing at home. And then you might finish again and bring up another positive to do with their writing. So it's a case of, yes, they might struggle with spelling, but look at how fantastic they're doing with their capital letters and their full stops now. Or look look how fantastic it, their reading has come on and they love it and they're now using a, a rich vocabulary. Because for a parent, you don't want to sit down and just feel like you're hearing negative after negative. You want to be going home thinking about how much your child has improved, even if that might not be leaps and bounds, that might be small steps. But it's still really important for the parents to hear those positive things. Absolutely. You catch more flies with honey than vinegar. I really do think that's true. And as teachers, we need parents on side. We need them to be helping us at home, especially with things like reading and spellings. If we don't have parents on side, then it can be very difficult for a child to make as much progress as other children in the class. So anything you can do to get the parent enthused and feeling like they can make an impact on their child's learning is a good idea. I actually use that sandwich model. That That's how I structured my whole parents' evening meeting, Ashley, and how I did my reports. Positive, yeah. something to work on, positive. Definitely, definitely. Oh, I have one more thing to bring up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure where to mention this, but it is possible that sometimes a parent will get upset at a parent's evening. Yes. Yeah. And in in that case, you can't be turfing them out of the room. You might just have to give them a bit of extra time and talk them through it and everything. And it is possible that a parent may get angry at mm. a parent's evening. I never saw it in eight years. I never saw that happen, but I've heard things from other teachers if that happens, I was always told the best thing is for you to leave the room. Don't mm-hmm. try and make an angry person leave your classroom. That's just going to create further conflict. The best thing is to say, okay, I'm going to take a five-minute break. If you want to talk to me more, I'll, I'll leave you to calm down a bit and we can resume, something like that. Fantastic. And as an ECT as well, um, that could be a bit of a, a scary thought, a worrying thought for you. Um, and usually... Those parents I have experienced, not myself personally, but I have witnessed issues with parents at a parents' evening before that got quite vocal, but it was by and large expected. We kind of knew about the parent. They'd had a previous experience with another teacher um, a previous year. We were kind of knew it could happen. There was the possibility it could happen. And SLT knew that and they were on standby for it. So if you have any parents in your class that you are particularly worried about um, having a conversation with a parent's evening, just let your SLT, um, your year partner, anyone like that, just let them know. And usually, like I mentioned before, SLT are normally circling 
um, and making themselves visible throughout the night anyway. Um, and just let them know what time that parent is coming and you will usually have some support. They might sit in with you. They might just stand outside the door and listen in. But you, you should be supported whilst having those conversations. That's a really good tip, Ashley, and very important too. Um, so I don't want to scare anyone with that. In my teaching career, parents' evenings were overwhelmingly positive experiences. Mm. Uh, I actually really looked forward to them and enjoyed them, and I felt like my class got a boost in their learning after a successful parents' evening. But it is good information to have and bear in mind just in case you ever get into a sticky situation. Definitely. Now, I've got one more and then I think I think that's probably it. So my my last one is to check your language and just how you are communicating with parents. So as teachers, we don't understand how many acronyms or jargon or curriculum specific language that we use on a day to day basis. Put it this way, when I was talking to my mum about planning for fronted adverbials, she didn't know what language I was talking in because she'd never heard of a fronted adverbial, didn't know what one was. So if you've got a parent who might not speak English as a first language or might not have had a great experience at school themselves when they were younger, and you are talking to them about fronted adverbials or noun phrases, they might not know what you're talking about and you're isolating them from the conversation. So just be mindful of how you're communicating um, what you want to say. You might need to take it back to basics and to keep it nice and short and sweet. Or if you've got time, maybe you need to go over and explain slightly what you mean. And that is where examples come into it um, is a great way to sort of show them what you mean instead of just saying. So yeah, just be mindful of the vocabulary that you use. That's a brilliant tip. And I think it goes very well with what you said about the curriculum. And many parents just won't know these words and they won't mm-hmm. understand where their child should be. So it's part of our job to kind of help uh, communicate that. It massively. And I mean, it's particularly with grammar, particularly it seems oh, yes. very advanced now. Primary schools, particularly primary school children are dealing with grammatical sort of ideas that I didn't personally touch until high school, much later on. And they're now doing it in like year four, year five, year six, and and even younger sometimes. So just be mindful of that. Yeah, they're dealing with terms that people didn't even know existed. No, I mean, mean, what is an onomatopoeia? Like, if you don't know what one is, how would you ever decipher what an onomatopoeia is? So you might just need to take that second to explain what it is, what you're talking about. Okay, well, maybe we'll do a a podcast one time on homophones and expanded noun (laughs) phrases and fronted adverbials and all those lovely things. But uh, for today, I think we we should finish. Good luck with all your parents' evenings, everyone listening. I know you're going to smash it, but if you do need any help, if you're not feeling confident or you just want to ask a question, please do reach out to us on our socials. And I'll go through them again for you now. So on Facebook, we have our two pages, Twinkle Trainee Teachers and Twinkle ECTs and NQTs. We have two community groups, which are a fantastic place to posting any questions or just letting us know how you're feeling and like-minded trainees and ECTs can comment and you can build up a rapport that way. And they are at Twinkle Trainee Teachers Group and the Twinkle ECT and NQT Support Group. 
We are on Instagram at Twinkle Trainee Teachers, on TikTok at Twinkle Trainee Teachers, and we're on Twitter at Trainee Twinkle. Education Twitter is just amazing and so supportive, so get yourself on there. And this podcast is going out on all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you and good luck.